This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience and have more meaningful conversations, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Now, if you want to get 10% off your order right now, you can go to poddex.com and type in coupon code, what's the code? Larry21. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com. Take your podcast to the next level. From coast to coast and around the nation, this is the Washington Ledger Podcast with your hosts, Larry Leese and Jacob Siegel. Each week, we dive into the latest news surrounding us. With Donald Trump not in in uh, person, we have to address the Trump effect. The debate spotlighted one major figure, Donald Trump. No absent, his presence was felt throughout. Trump's choice to skip the debate was ostensibly to avoid giving his rivals, whom he claimed he was far ahead of, a platform. Despite his absence, his influence remained as candidates frequently referred to or aligned with Trump's views. Welcome to the Political Pulse Show. I'm your host, Larry Elise, and on today's episode, we're going to dive into our thoughts from the first Republican debate. As always, discuss uh, Biden's ongoing immigration policy debate with New York. And of course, tackle the ever infamous paper straw fiasco. But first, a word from our sponsor. The Political Pulse Show is sponsored by Beer Club. Are you tired of searching high and low for the perfect brew? Well, look no further because I have an incredible solution for you. Introducing the Original Craft Beer Club, the ultimate beer experience delivered right to your doorstep. As a member, you'll receive a carefully curated selection of handcrafted beers every month, delighted directly from independent breweries across the country. Imagine the excitement of discovering limited releases, seasonal favorites, and unique collaborations, all expertly chosen by the Original Craft Beer Club team. It's like having a beer festival in your own home, but it gets even better. Each shipment comes with detailed tasting notes, brewery profiles, and food pairing suggestions, so you can fully appreciate the flavors and aromas of these exceptional brews. Joining the original Craft Beer Club is easy. Just visit their website in the link in the description, you choose your membership level, and let the beer adventure begin. Before we dive into our topics, we'd like to remind you, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter and TikTok. Just search... The Political Pulse Show. And as always, thank you so much for watching and listening. And now on to our first topic. The intricacies of the Republican politics. Our highlights from the first Republican debate. The political season is in full swing, and last week was no exception with the fiery Republican debate that took place. The dynamic on stage, the exchanges between the candidates, and the political undercurrents provided an insightful glimpse into the present and future of the Republican Party. Having closely followed the debate and reflected upon it, we're going to discuss my takeaways. Starting off with the power of religiosity in politics. 
Candidates like Pence and Tim Scott emphasized a religious stance, aiming squarely at the Iowa audience. Historically, around 60% of Republican caucus-goers in Iowa are self-declared white evangelical Christians. Moreover, this demographic is a significant target audience, and it's evident that candidates are crafting their message to resonate with them. Or to resonate with them, I should say. Then we have to discuss Nikki Haley, the traditional Republican hope. Nikki Haley presented herself as a potential general election candidate, drawing attention for her serious stance on abortion rights in the UK situation, and especially her confrontation with Vivek Ramaswamy. Yet there's a nostalgia in her approach. She seems like the perfect GOP nominee from 12 or 16 years ago. And in the current Trump-centric GOP era, one can't help but wonder if there's space for her traditional stock. And of course, we also got to address the Ukraine issue. Ramaswamy's open opposition to America's continued support for Ukraine stood out, while many candidates leaned towards the conventional Republican stance of peace through strength. Ramaswamy's deviation highlighted a split in the Republican Party. Surprisingly, despite past statements that seemed to align with Ramaswamy, DeSantis remained largely silent on the Ukraine crisis. One notable segment was when the candidates were questioned about their stance on man-made climate change. While most evaded a direct answer, Ramaswamy's bold assertion that the climate change agenda is a hoax and his emphasis on the detrimental economic impacts of anti-carbon measures raised eyebrows. This segment showed that the GOP is yet to find common ground on climate change and highlighted the divide between those pushing for deregulation and those advocating for a cleaner energy environment. And of course, in a telling moment, most candidates on stage agreed that Mike Pence did the right thing on January 6th. Contrary to Trump's perspective, such moments underscored the inherent risk Trump took by not attending as he left the field open for potential critiques without being present to defend himself. So the Republicans are really searching for the next Trump. Moreover, the overarching theme of the night was the quest to find who, if not Trump, could emerge as the next leader of the Republican Party. While some, like Ramaswamy, seem to command significant attention, the field still appears wide open with no definitive frontrunner. The debate provided a fascinating lens into the ideological shifts and rifts within the Republican Party. As the season progresses, it will be intriguing to see which narrative gained traction and which candidates emerge as the leading voices of the GOP. Let us know your thoughts in the comments section below on the debate. What did you think of it? Was there any candidates that stood out to you or any that you believe will fall into the back? Let us know. And now on to our next topic. The Biden White House and New York City are sparring over uh, current immigration policy. New York City, along with other major cities globally, have been grappling with a crisis, a surge in asylum seekers. With over 90,000 individuals arriving in the city since spring 22, resources are stretched thin and officials are wrestling with tough choices. More than 90,000 asylum seekers have made their way to New York City, and the city's infrastructure is overwhelmed. Mayor Eric Adams has raised alarm bells, stating there's just no space left and that the city is bearing significant costs. A decades-long housing crisis exacerbates this issue. 
the city has resorted to drastic measures, such as reducing the number of days single individuals can stay in shelters and distributing flyers at the border, advising people against coming to the city. The strained relationship between the Adams administration and the Biden White House is palpable, with Adams routinely urging the federal government to step in. So who is sponsoring these buses? The answer? Many of these buses are funded by Republican states, seemingly in a bid to transport asylum seekers to Democratic-run cities up north. Moreover, work authorizations are central to this issue. Adams and Governor Kathy Hochul have been vocal about this request. Let people work. The process of obtaining a work permit in the U.S., especially for asylum seekers, can be daunting and time-consuming. Without those permits, migrants are pushed into an exploitive underground economy, further marginalizing them. Biden's administration response, which has been far from satisfactory for many, despite financial efforts to address the crisis and appointing senior advisors, the administration has been under consistent fire for its immigration policies, both from the right and left. Court cases further stall any significant reform, underscoring the pressing need for congressional action. Moreover, there are political challenges Biden faces with both Republicans and fellow Democrats criticizing the administration's handling of immigration. A poll by the Siena College Research Institute revealed a split sentiment in New York with almost half viewing the resettling of migrants as a burden. Local communities, while caught in this national debate, are having to address the crisis in real time. Peter Crummy, town supervisor of Colony, highlighted local communities are bearing the brunt of what is essentially a federal issue. Moreover, the immigration challenge in New York City is multifaceted, influenced by national politics, administrative bottlenecks, and genuine humanitarian concerns. As the city, state, and federal officials grapple with solutions, it's essential to remember the human stories behind the headlines, underscoring the need for compassionate and efficient solutions. Let us know your thoughts on the comments in the comments section below. What do you think should be done about this immigration policy of Biden's and the asylum seekers flooding cities such as New York City and cities, other cities across the country? Let us know. And now on to our next topic. We're going to talk about the paper straw fiasco. In the not-so-distant poke, past, the world experienced what some might call an apocalyptic threat. An existential crisis loomed over civilization, with planetary destruction seemingly imminent. The culprit? Plastic straws. Yes, you heard me right. Plastic straws have become the face of an impending catastrophe that gri gripped the collective consciousness of humanity. It was a moment of absurdity and irrationality that unfolded in response to images of sea creatures in distress. But the story doesn't end there. Moreover, the images of Stromageddon, as it was aptly dubbed, showcased sea turtles with plastic straws lodged in their noses, beluga whales with straws in their eyes, great white sharks with straws in their gills, and even an entire family of bottlenose dolphins reportedly killed by a single straw. The media narrative focused on the villainous straw rather than the potential clumsiness of the marine creatures involved. Suddenly, plastic straws were villainized. We were told they were responsible for environmental devastation and urged to banish them from our lives. The media's frenzy wasn't just a response to actual data, but rather a largely unverified report 
from a nine-year-old boy who had taken it upon himself to call straw manufacturers and extrapolate a staggering figure of 500 million plastic straws used daily in the United States alone. This figure was presented without scrutiny or critical assessment, and the public was meant to accept it as gospel truth. This young boy's newfound authority on plastic straws, along with the support of other child activists, prompted cities, states, and even restaurant chains to embrace the anti-plastic straw movement. Enter the era of paper straws. The switch from plastic to paper straws was made with the noble intention of saving the planet, as we were led to believe that paper straws were more eco-friendly. However, this well-intentioned switch soon revealed its dark side. Recent studies have shown that paper straws, the supposed eco-friendly alternative, may not be as benign as we were led to believe. Research conducted by Belgian scientists found that many paper straws, designed to be the saviors of our oceans, contain potentially toxic chemicals known as poly and perfluoral compounds. These chemicals are associated with numerous health issues, including lowered vaccine responses, lower birth weights, thyroid disease, increased cholesterol levels, and even various cancers. Moreover, the revelation cast a grim shadow over the entire paper straw movement. The very straws we thought were saving the environment might be slowly introducing harmful substances into our bodies. What's worst, the supposed rationale for the paper straw shift, saving marine life from plastic ingestion, turns out to be based on faulty data and a lack of context. While plastic pollution in the ocean is a real concern, it's worth noting that a majority of this pollution comes from third world countries, not the western nations that rush to ban plastic straws. The contribution of plastic straws to the overall plastic pollution problem is minuscule in comparison. In fact, banning plastic straws in western countries would have an almost ineligible impact on the issue. The paper straw saga serves as a cautionary tale about the dangers of adapting sweeping changes based on emotional narratives and unchecked information. It also highlights the alarming trend of allowing well-intentioned activism to override scientific vigor and practicality. It's crucial to remember that while protecting the environment is essential, knee-jerk reactions and virtue signaling may lead us down unintended paths with unforeseen consequences. So next time you're handed a paper straw with your drink, Remember the story of the plastic straw panic. It's a reminder that good intentions aren't enough. We must critically examine the information we're presented and ensure that our efforts to save the planet don't inadvertently harm ourselves in the process. If you're liking our content, give us a thumbs up if you like our videos. Subscribe to the channel. Hit that bell notification button to be notified of future videos. And just a reminder, we release new episodes every Friday. You can find us on all major podcast platforms and on YouTube. Just search The Political Pulse Show. Of course, if you want to support the channel, go ahead, buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash TWLedger. And as always, thank you so much for watching and listening. We will see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Washington Ledger Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at the TheWLedger and like us on Facebook. If you like what you hear, join our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash The Washington Ledger. And as always, have a great week.